Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Yo, what is up, Believers, and what is up, Bear Down Nation? I am Cameron Lee. And I am Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode of Believe in Bears is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The NFL season, only a couple of weeks left. And look, you couldn't be at the game this year, but you could still be in on all the action at BetOnline. And from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always that online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, BetOnline.ag and sign up today. What's that I said? BetOnline, your online sports experts Cameron week 15 Bears pull it out 33 to 27 against the Minnesota Vikings they get back to 500 they are still very much alive in the playoff hunt things are trending in the right direction I cede the floor to you on a Bears victory Sunday feels good man winning beats losing every time it's hard to complain when you come out and and win games that you're supposed to win the team looked pretty good and I'm feeling pretty good myself Cameron, a lot to talk about in this game. Let's just start off with some hard numbers here. Mitchell Trubisky, 236 all-purpose yards. David Montgomery, 162 total yards. 397 total, 199 rushing yards as a team. 6-12 on third down. They scored on six straight possessions at one point. And to finish out the game, 7-8 of if you take out the Mitch Trubisky interception. Cameron, this offense, once again, firing on all cylinders. Dare to say, it looked pretty good out there. It looked great. It looked like we knew what we were doing. And it looks like Cameron and Joey seem to know what they're talking about. I don't know if there will be a coordinator jobs opening up in the future. But when this team comes out and does what we continue to talk about, I feel like a broken record. But, man, they look great out there today. They just went out and executed a really simple game plan. And it was a lot of fun from the jump. So excited to talk to you because, Cameron, everything that we've been talking about this season, this game was must have been delicious for you. I want to focus on David Montgomery right now. This guy not only was just breaking tackles, but it looked like he was attacking the interior of their, of their defensive line, getting in between there, picking up extra yards. He hit the outside a couple of times. But just talk about him and this rejuvenated run game behind an offensive line that you've talked about, we've talked about the last couple of weeks that's really come together. There is officially, we talked last week, is there momentum building? There's officially momentum building, and it starts up front. Yeah, the, the offensive line has continued to play great, which has allowed that this this running game to get going, and it's been a lot of fun to see. But David Montgomery deserves so much credit for what he does and his ability to make sure that he's never being tackled behind the line of scrimmage. So there's so much pressure that's put on an offense, especially when they're starting starting drives and series from behind, you know, from behind the chains and getting into long, long, you know, long down situations. And his ability to avoid tackles and you know maybe get hit at the line of scrimmage or sometimes behind line of scrimmage and always find a way to continue to move forward is just so impressive I love the way he's running the ball right now has great feel and I just I think they're they're scheming him up very well he's finding holes he's running aggressively and he's running with confidence and this is the guy that we were expecting this to see all season he looks he looks so good and a huge part of this offense and if we were seeing this for the whole season you know we would be talking about one of the best backs in the league Career high, 32 carries, two touchdowns. A lot of plays that are going to make the highlight reel. But Cameron, the stuff that I love the most is we saw consistency in an area that has been missing all season long. In short yardage situations, David Montgomery picked up first downs countless times. Was it a third down, second down, over and over and over again? Was there a specific run play that they just kind of kept hammering in this game that you kind of noticed and kind of said, oh, wow, that keeps working? 
have they changed anything scheme wise or is this just a unit that's just working more efficiently and David Montgomery is on fire right now? I think that the offensive line is playing better and I think that's a big part of it but schematically the runs don't really seem to be too much different they're talking they're showing some some inside some mid zones type stuff but it's nothing really too elaborate um they're not a team that's like running all of a sudden like it's gap scheme or anything different I mean it seems like they're going out there and they're just running kind of they've just kind of found their bread and butter running in between the tackles and and uh, just, you know, generating space and momentum. And, and now that I think – I think a big difference is having Mitch back there now that there's just one less defender to commit to stopping him, and that creates running lanes. And I just think that um, as this group has gained more confidence in starting to play together uh, better, and they've kind of got that downhill we're running forward mentality, which I think is really crucial to an offensive line. You know, when you get used to dropping back and kind of sitting back on your heels, it's hard to establish a running game as an offensive line there kind of needs to be that almost that mode of thought that mode of thinking that hey we're an aggressive team we're going to go out and set the tone and I don't think that there were really ever that chance to do that before you know they, this is not a team that was running the ball often or well and now they're like you see today David Montgomery gets 32 carries they're running the ball so much more than they ever were all season and it's just an, it's an identity thing and it just kind of gets ingrained in your head hey this is who we are and this is what we're good at and I think that you see it and obviously the offensive line plays better but it's I think it's it's the whole group they, they just know who they are and they know what they're doing and it took 13 weeks to see it but we're seeing it. Head coach Mike Zimmer said after the game that when they played them the first time, they didn't allow them to score a touchdown. And today we couldn't stop them and we couldn't slow them down. Well, what was the difference, Cameron? 199 rushing yards, 202 passing. That kind of balance made the real difference in the game. Let's just hit it early, man. Give us our grade. Give us our grade for the offensive line. I got to give the offensive line an A+. Plus. <laughs> yeah. Out, uh, one sack. I mean, you, get, you throw for over 200 yards. You rush for almost 200 yards. Like, I can't ask for too much more from this group. That's it. Is there anything more 2020 than the Chicago Bears offensive line where Cameron, we've been grading this unit all season long. Granted, different, different characters playing different parts now. But we went to a point where we were doing pass or fail, and they were failing, and now they're all the way up to an A+. I can't agree with you more. They're all working together. It seems like they're on a string. And Dave Montgomery finally is starting to flash what everyone thought was this talent. And now he's the focal point of the offense. And it really does work into, let's get to it, Mitchell Trubisky. Let's start with you, Cameron. What did you think? Mitchell Trubisky, how do you think he played today? I mean, it, it sucks because what you might end up remembering is the interception that could have could have lost the game. But let's just throw that out. And I'm, and I'm not trying to be – I don't try to be a softy when I grade and when I assess. But let's just forget about that one thing for one second. Mitchell Trubisky balled out today, making great decisions, He's throwing the ball effectively. He's using his legs. He's extending plays. And just his presence on the field creates running lanes for, for David Montgomery. I don't know how to make it any clearer than that. Just his sheer presence on the field makes it everything else smoother for this entire group, for the offensive line, for the running backs, for the wide receivers, for the tight ends. It's just better. I, I don't know how to spell it out anymore. So, I mean, I was very excited. I love the way that they utilize different players today seeing Darnell Mooney get the ball and some of the catches that he was able to make. Allen Robinson is always the guy that we go to when you need the big play, you know, utilizing it and seeing the tight ends get in and make some catches. It, it was awesome. And Mitch does it and it's not super flashy. It's not Patrick Mahomes. We're not throwing the ball 30 yards downfield, 
but it works. It just works. It's not special. It's not, it's not super pretty. Cameron, the interception was awful, and I don't think we can defend that in any stretch, and it came at a really bad time, and it made the game a lot closer than it was because the Bears were consistently maintaining that 10-point lead at multiple times throughout this game. The Vikings would come back. We would put another touchdown on the board. We scored seven points in the third quarter. I want to read something off for you real quick, Cameron. During this six-possession streak of scoring points, Five plays, 58 yards, touchdown. Eight plays, 51 yards, field goal. 13 plays, 76 yards, touchdown. Six plays, 17 yards, field goal. 11 plays, 75 yards, touchdown. Eight plays, 42 yards, field goal. That sounds like a modern NFL offense to me, Cameron. And you just mentioned Patrick Mahomes, but I couldn't help but think of a player that Mitchell Trubisky looked an awful lot like today. And you know what? I was completely comfortable with it. He looked like Alex Smith. Now, maybe more mobile. More athletic. He picked up 34 rushing yards. He made some great plays. He picked up some first downs, made some great decisions on when to bail, when to stick in. But otherwise, he was in motion. He was getting the ball out. They attempted, what, one, one pass maybe over 20 yards? It was that, you know, that pass to Allen Robinson, or maybe actually two of them, because Allen Robinson had a 35-yarder later in the game. But they, they you know, measured shots. Other than that, this is the offense, and he looked like Alex Smith. And I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not upset about it. No, 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 no. That's a big step in the right direction. It's not, like we say, there's nothing sexy about Alex Smith and there's nothing sexy about Mitchell Trubisky, maybe other than his abs. But I mean, just going out there and, and just taking care of the ball and, and, and having an efficient offense. It's, that's it. It's, it's not that special, but it, it worked. And we promised ourselves in this pod that we're not going to get too into big picture. You still have the Jaguars on the schedule next. The Cardinals won today. You know, they still have to lose at least one game. They do hold the tiebreaker over the Cardinals. So, but what we are saying is that if we get this Mitch Trubisky, a la Alex Smith, efficient making decisions, not playing within the constraints of what they think is what their offense is, not taking these huge shots, they have a chance at this, Cameron. They really do. They can go out there and beat the Jaguars next week. And again, nothing is more 2020 than maybe having the playoffs on the line with the Packers in the way. But if Mitchell Trubisky stays on this heater, we could be entertaining some really fun situations for Bears fans. And it's time to get excited a little bit. I'm excited. I mean, I've I've been excited since they put him back in the lineup because it's just more fun. I'm talking about Bears fans. I'm talking about the haters, the guys, that the people that wrote them off a couple weeks ago. People talk about bandwagon fans. I'm cool with it. Come back in under the tent because at the very least, if they win next week, they got something to play for in the final week of the season. And it, it could be something that you can cheer for and get excited about. Yeah, let's, let's have something good happen. Let's have something to cheer for because it's been a weird, uncomfortable year. And we could just use some Yuletide magic. So, Cameron, we got all this Yuletide magic. We got all this Christmas spirit going. I do want to ask you a question. I listened to Matt Nagy's postgame. And they were talking a lot about, obviously, a lot of great things to talk about, a lot of things to compliment Mitch about. He did mention one thing, and I want to ask you about. This is the word salad. Bring out the bullshit meter. You've played in the NFL. You can tell me one way or the other. He, he said in the postgame that he really likes where this offense is heading, but at the same time, we can't allow it to get stale. And that just kind of perked my ears a little bit. Now, Matt Nagy is known to go on you know, long answers and can kind of throw things in and out, but we're finally finding this situation where the Bears are committing. They're committing to David Montgomery. They're committing to rollout. They're committing to bootleg. They're committing to what Mitch likes and what Mitch can do. They're rolling right now. As they head into the Jaguars next week, 
is it okay for me as a Bears fan to maybe be worried that are they going to start trying to take shots down the field all of a sudden and accelerate this? Or are they just going to stick to what they're good at and just do it better next week leading into maybe a playoff-bound game against the Packers? I don't think that as a Bears fan you're wrong to be concerned, especially when your coach comes out and says that, like, hey, it's working. Let's spice it up a little bit more. I've got this theory about people who – um you know, you, you got a nice food, you got a, a nice recipe, and some people just want to put a little more sauce in it. They're like, you know, you know what this could use? A little sriracha. And you're like, no, it couldn't. Like, it's good. It's good. Like, you're, you're doing too much. And I'm worrying that Matt Nagy is an overspicer. Here's the evidence, right? They start the season with Mitch. It's not clicking the way they wanted to. They're trying, taking a lot of shots down the field. And as we looked at the tape, we realized that, you know, beyond 20 yards, Mitchell Trubisky just isn't very accurate. And it was the beginning of the season. They brought in Nick Foles because he probably hits those shots a little bit better. They go in two, two, two and five. They come back. Matt Nagy hands over play callings, but he's still probably still making decisions. They're winning this way, the 2018 way. And then in the post game, he says, I don't want things to get stale. There's evidence out there that just says that he continues to fight this concept of what he wants the offense to be and what it actually is, what the personnel is. Well, Cameron, you've been talking about week after week, this is the team that you have on the field. You have to adapt and coach up that team and create it in the image of what it's good at, what its strengths are. Should I be worried about next week? I'm hoping that they run the ball 30 times and do the same thing and blow out the Jaguars, but are we going to maybe see a couple Mitch picks because he's trying to now expand the bandwidth when they're just getting good at something. You know, you know the old adage is, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I when it ain't broke, know. get an iPhone 11. That's what it says. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Matt Nagy's heard of that. Like, let's see. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they come out and they do start trying to throw the ball downfield, you know? Like, let's make sure that it's not too stale. I, I hope that's not the case. I love the product that we're seeing on the field. I think anyone that believes in David Montgomery loves what we're seeing. I think if you're a Bears fan and you like winning, you enjoy what you're seeing. So the only person that I think might want to see Mitchell Trubisky's downfield arm is Matt Nagy. Stop that man. And let me throw it out to you like this. If the Bears, let's say, stick with the program that they have the last, what, two and a half weeks, or actually more like three games, actually, they stick with that program against the Jaguars next week and they come out and they just, they run it down their throats. They're efficient again. Maybe Mitch picks up a rushing touchdown. They win fairly handily. Are you in agreement that they have a shot at beating, beating the Packers in week 17? I think you always have a shot. I, I, I think that, I think it's safe to say you always have a shot. And I think that that team would have a chance. Obviously if the defense continues to, if the defense continues to play well and can, get in the same zip code as Aaron Rodgers and we have a healthy secondary and Roquan Smith continues to play out of his mind. And if we have an offense, a competent offense that can put up 25 points. Yeah. I think they would legitimately have a shot to beat the Packers. Is it a great one? No, but I think it's worth at least discussing. It's not a game that I'm going to write off and say, you know, it was a good season. I, I really do truly think that if we see the best version of this offense and the best version of this defense at the same time that they can play with the Packers, they can play with probably anyone in, in the NFC. And I think neither of us are saying, hey, Bears fan, go crazy right now. But what I'm saying is we're seeing incremental progress. The team that played the Packers a month ago is not the offense that we're seeing 
today. The same way that it's the exact same as it was a month ago, two months ago during the six-game losing streak. There's a lot of different pieces. There's a new cast of characters in there. I mean, the offensive line is what? Made out of whole cloth, 60% new guys. You know, new quarterback in the mix. David Montgomery, healthy, running behind this new offensive line. It's, it's a different look now. And I'm saying that it's possible to still not go crazy, but understand that if they can just get better at what they're getting good at, they're going to have a really strong chance to maybe, I don't know, perhaps play a postseason game in 2020. Well, by that time, it'd be 2021. Cameron, I want to ask you about the defense. You brought it up on the preview pod about how you wanted to see the Bears defensive line go after the interior of the Vikings offensive line. And I thought Bilal Nichols had a great game. And they had some pass, you know, had some pass pressure, 11 quarterback hits, three sacks. But again, gave a, bun- a bunch of points. So what do you make of that? Like, I'm, I'm going to give you three doors. Door number one, they were undermanned on the secondary. And they were able to exploit that. Justin Jefferson still got 104 yards. You know, they weren't enough to make enough plays. The defense played poorly. You know, how are you assessing how this defense played today? I think that they did the best that they could with that secondary, but I mean, the secondary is beat up. It is depleted. And that was an issue. Um, you know, obviously they were able to generate some pressure up front and we saw that, especially, you know, their, their ability to not just the sacks, but the quarterback pressures and the hits as well. Um, but I did, I don't feel like the secondary has been as clean, obviously, you know, no Jalen Johnson hurts or certainly hurts, but I don't think that they've been playing quite as clean for you know a couple of weeks and and I I think that if they are going to have any chance at winning these you know obviously not this week with the but against the Packers they're going to need that healthy that full healthy group I think Jalen Johnson has been a big loss yeah give us uh just bring us some knowledge just to be clear Jalen Johnson or Buster Screen who do the Bears need to come back healthy moving into these final two games I think it's more important that Jalen Johnson is healthy Buster Screen I think what he does is important but it's a, it's a, a role that is used in, in a lesser capacity. And obviously I, I just think that they have more depth there. What Jalen Johnson does is, is just huge. And obviously when you're going up against the Packers game, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to overlook anyone, but you know, I, I, that's the one I'm really concerned about is that if you don't have, you know, two really good, uh, you know, top level corners out there, then, then I would be concerned about what Aaron Rodgers can do to this defense. I'm concerned what he can do even when they're healthy. If we, if we have to go out there and throw out, you know, bless his heart, Duke Shelley again, I, I just don't, uh, it's not, it's not ideal. Kendall Vildor, great name, but I think we need all hands on deck if we're expecting to be Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and give us a shot, even just a shot at getting to the playoffs. Cameron, I'm making up a new segment on the spot. This one's called Cam's Turning Point. And I'm going to give you three different uh, sections of the game. And you tell me which one was probably the most important to becoming a turning point to the Bears getting a victory in week 15. The first one is you nailed your you, on the preview pod. You nailed one of Cam's keys, that interior defensive line. Carl Urban on the fourth down. Bilal Nichols coming up with big plays. You know, Robert Quinn got a sack. Akeem Hicks got three quarterback knockdowns. Scoring seven points in the third quarter, something that we have not done a whole lot of this season, but turned out to be quite beneficial in terms of us winning the football game. Or Cairo Santos, 4-4 four of four on field goals, 25-27 on the season. He's made 16 in a row. Which one do you think was that true turning point that tipped the scales for the Bears? I don't mean to sound dramatic, but having the ability to consistently count on Cairo Santos this year has just been weird as a Bears fan. Like he just comes out on the field and I'm not nervous at all. And it's, 
It's good. You know, his just, his consistency is really just phenomenal. You know, how often do you see a guy just, you know, miss from 45 or, or anything? And I, I'm going to give it to him, you know, because obviously the ability to, to muck up the interior, like that, that matters for sure. But <laughs> I mean, like what we've seen from Cairo Santos is just, it's just so rare to uh, in your time as a Bears fan. And it's so important, especially with this team, that this iteration of the Bears that has not been great at getting the ball into the end zone and just knowing that, hey, if you cross, if you get to the 40, if you get to the 35, we got a shot. And, and that's huge. I think that just takes a lot of pressure off of, off of a team. And, and Cairo Santos has been huge this year. Great call because it's been under the radar. But the way that I always felt like this 2018 offense, it always felt fragile to me where it was exciting, it was interesting, it was really creative, but it always felt like it could kind of crumble, like a house of cards. Get, don't get me wrong, the Bears' offense the last three weeks has been fantastic. I'm really enjoying what we're seeing, but also I'm seeing things too as well of like we're just trying to do what we can. We're trying to maximize our potential, which we might not have elite potential offensively. We're just trying to get that done. And to hit those field goals, to build that confidence for if for Mitch, if you're going to drive the ball down the field, a guy can boot a 45-yarder for you and pick you up three points. You walk off the field pretty good. Like that drive actually worked out instead of being like, oh, that third and six, I overprocessed and I hit the wrong guy or I forced it to Allen Robinson. No, you're, you're getting points on the board and you're able to walk away with that. That's something they didn't have the luxury of of 2018. Now, moving forward, I think this offense, look, if you take away the running game, as you would a lot of different NFL teams, it's going to be tough for them. I don't think there's any way really around that. But on that note, if you still have a team that can get down and find the guy, like you said, kick that 45, 48-yarder, a dude that you know is going to hit lasers right down the middle of the uprights, it can really do wonders. And it, I, I think it's a huge part of what's building this momentum with this team right now is that we can count on this guy no matter what, wherever on the field. It's crazy. It's weird to feel like, oh, I feel dirty as a Bears fan, but also thankful. Well, I think you made a good point though, that it boosts, boosts the confidence of the offense and the quarterback in particular so much. Like if he if they come down and they miss the field goal, it's a failed drive, and that comes back on the quarterback. But if they can go down there and just cross midfield and kick a field goal, that was success. You you got it done, and obviously we prefer touchdowns. But you can walk away with that feeling good and feeling like, hey, we got the job done there, and you can build off of that. Whereas if they don't get any points at all, you're, you, that's hurting you. That's hurting your confidence. That's hurting, uh, you know, your ability to, to believe what you believe in, in your group and, and getting it done. And that, that makes a big difference. Cameron, we are going to ride into the sunset of a fantastic Bears victory pod in just a moment. A win is a win in the NFL. And it doesn't matter because in the end, if you, may, if you win enough, you get into the playoffs. But I will preface it like that by saying, next week against the Jaguars, give us a bit of a taste of just what your initial expectations are for this team because you want to pick up a victory, but if it's an ugly win, if the offense sputters and you kind of derail this momentum that they're building right now, it could spill over into that final game when you do need to pick up a victory against the Packers. Just talk about what you what's the importance level of just keep doing what they're doing and trying to go out there and maybe bludgeon those Jaguars next week. I think it's super important that they come out and not only play well or not they play well and send a message, you know, because it's easy for in this game, the, the Jaguars have literally absolutely nothing to lose. They're just going to come out and play. And that can almost be a trap for the, for the team that does have something to lose because you never know what you're going to get uh, from that opposing group. And so I, I think it's super important that this team comes out and 
continues to build off of the success that they've been having, they really can't afford a hiccup. They can't afford to slow down, even if they would be to come out and win the game, but play really ugly and nasty on offense and then have to build off of that and learn from that and then take that into a game against the Packers where they're going to have to play flawless to win. I don't think that's that's going to be beneficial to them at all. So, you know, when I look at this matchup, I'm, you know, I've got this circle and I'm saying, I mean, like you saw what, what happened today with the Jets and the Rams. I mean, anyone can win at any point and you really can't afford to slip up. And if you're the Bears right now, this is absolutely must win football. And the Jaguars are a team that, like I said, have nothing to lose. They're not going to be afraid of you they're going to come in here and say I mean you don't be surprised if they don't care at all but also don't be surprised if they come in and say I mean like we're going to give you everything that we got and we're going to punch you in the face so be ready absolutely be ready if you're a a Chicago Bears fan and a a player because this team needs to be locked in and take this game very seriously yeah and as a former player in the NFL Cameron that's the thing right is all season long the Jets have had the number one pick all locked up All of a sudden, they win a game. Jacksonville leapfrogs them, and they now have the right to the number one pick. So the national media and the outlets are all going to be talking about how the Jaguars need to be incentivized to lose. As a former player, I know you haven't been on teams that are that terrible, but how much of an FU mentality might be going on in that locker room right now? Because now everyone really, really wants the Jaguars to lose. That sucks. As a player, like, you have no – as a player, you have no care or concern – about that draft pick. That means literally nothing to you. You're not thinking about that. Your your job is to go out and perform. And you have ego and you have pride. And right now, if the entire world is saying, you know, you should go lose this game. Like, that's what's best for your team. And you're out there, you're saying, like, what do you know about me and my, you know, like, I would be pissed. And so, like, I would not be surprised if you absolutely saw the best version of the Jacksonville Jaguars and just you know, come out because like that's that doesn't mean anything to you. In fact, you should be insulted, and I think they will be. I think they're going to come out ready to play. And Cameron, we're going to dive into that in our preview pod coming up in a couple of days, just before the holidays. It's probably going to come a little bit earlier in the week, so make sure you check it out. But Cameron, for right now, it's Week 15. Bears win 33 to 27 over the Minnesota Vikings. They're still alive. They're still alive at seven and seven. They're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars next week. It's must-win territory, but for right now, Cameron, take us home on another great victory pod. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Bears podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure to tune in this week as we will give you a special Christmas edition of our preview pod uh, before the Bears-Jacksonville Jaguars matchup. Make sure that you are following, subscribing, liking, sharing. Tell all your friends about us. And remember to always bear down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.